getting into the episode. Wait. All right. Her rat shit with my friends. Rata Tata. Cheers. 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 Wait. Clink, clink. Clink. Ooh. <laughs> Okay, sh- I don't know if I'm gonna take the whole thing back. Okay. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm nasty. <sighs> y'all know I know how to slurp. happy you're joining us again or for the first time just a quick reminder that I am not a licensed sex therapist or um, a licensed sex coach I am simply a person who is interested in creating space for us to explore our sensuality sexuality and eroticism through conversation and inquiry We have some notes and links at the end of the show for resources, and we invite guests with their own expertise and experiences. We welcome love and feedback, especially when it helps us to be more inclusive. Welcome to our show. In the studio with me this evening, I have the wonderful, illustrious, <laughs> divine. Um, I love those words. Creative, most creative couple that you will ever meet in probably your whole entire life, and together they form a magical team who is really like part of the heart and soul of adult happy hour because they have been in the studio with me since this was just an idea and it was just a dream really until the kicking in the background of season (laughs) one (laughs) the pushing of ideas to push me to think about opinions other than my own which was very dynamic and changed a lot of conversation and they just do all of this um because we love each other and because (laughs) working together is wonderful and because right and like how could you not love a virgo A Capricorn. <laughs> oh, Lord. And a Libra. Pray for me, y'all. <laughs> you like how you didn't get a laugh, but I laughed at the Capricorn and the Virgo because yes. I, I know, I know, but <laughs> still, y'all, please love us because we need it. But um, Rihanna Simone is the producer of Adult Happy Hour and has like been here since the beginning, since... Also, since Adult Happy Hour was just a thing and a story. (laughs) And then um, we did my EP together. And I feel like I feel like we knew it was magic with the EP. Yes. And then we brought in her partner, (laughs) Brie. That's me. Right. (laughs) Who is 
a vocalist who is a songwriter poet i want to say you're also a producer because you be doing the things and yeah. the things be thinging yeah and, and you know i haven't put a title on it quite yet but okay <laughs> everything yeah and also um y'all were like some of my first poly friends you were ours too yeah. oh my gosh yes. you don't really find too many of them yeah <laughs> Yo, I thought y'all had been in the game. I was nah. like, they're seasoned. No, they got we were just on we've lock. been flowing through it, flowing through okay, it, that's, straight up. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I love about you. I prefer a sort of <laughs> <laughs> floundering, um, trying to stay afloat. You know, right, right, right. what's this called? Waiting. Swimming. I was about to say swimming. <laughs> no, nah, the waiting. Yeah. yeah Sometimes yeah. I'd be doing that, but okay. I, you know, I, I haven't got that breath breaststroke right yeah, there we go there. yeah i haven't got there yet um so that's crazy i did not know that yeah yeah like of course we met people who were like open but actually like getting to know someone like yeah. how that car ride how we had those conversations yeah. it was really dope we yeah. definitely didn't experience anything like that before yeah. not with other people at least which is so crazy because um one of the things i was gonna talk about is uh how important it is to have poly friends. Cause I think um, for me, a lot of the floundering was because I was trying to switch from a framework of monogamy to polyamory without any blueprint. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I'm just changing my whole system for being without knowing anything. And um, when I started talking to you guys, I sort of started to realize, because even the way you guys conceptualize your polyamory is different from each other. Mm -hmm. And I started to realize that that's okay. Yeah. That um, different people have different setups and do different things. And it all of that stuff started to become more normal. And then also, like, some of the practices that you hear other couples doing, you're like, oh, shit, I didn't even think about that. Let me, you know, take that into account or try to deal with my person uh, differently. So, um, yeah, I think I think having other poly friends is very, very important. Absolutely. I can agree to that. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah, especially when you're like just getting into it, into like the ethical non-monogamy like realm, you know, it can be like nerve wracking. Of course, you don't know what to do. Really, you don't know how to maneuver. So having friends and people you can have conversation with, it's powerful and it makes it a little more easier. I feel like it's still like, you know. A lot of different things you have to move through, but having people to talk to is so important. Yeah, absolutely. And even like having like kind of like what you said and what you said too, like having non-monogamous friends is something that's like really cool because you can kind of like almost like help yourself guide yourself through trying to figure out like, what do I want out of this? Like, you know, I'm noticing that my friends are doing it this way. And I'm like, damn, hold on. That actually might work out for me too. So it's cool to, you know, be able to do that also. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think to something you brought up the term ethical non-monogamy and like that's the focus of the episode. Mm -hmm. But I don't know about y'all. I mean, I have this theory. Maybe it's a hot take. I've never actually said it out loud. But I feel like um, <laughs> sometimes when you're switching from being monogamous to being polyamorous, the ethical part 
like the ethical non-monogamy it's not as clean cut as people think mm-hmm. you know it's not just like black or white yeah, yeah it's not like i'm just gonna turn on the light bulb and now we're ethical in our non-monogamy i feel like it actually takes some getting it wrong and um yeah and some messiness to figure out how to get to the point that it's ethical you know it's but yeah and i think sometimes people have this illusion that boundaries are set and that's where boundaries stay but but in order for it to be ethical you kind of have to go make through mis- the waves like, and yeah changes and make, yeah mm-hmm. and go and have those mistakes exactly so that you can um figure out what is what is actually ethical because mm-hmm. sometimes you don't even know how you'll really feel until you're in the situation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I also feel like sometimes like it's hard to receive labels a little bit because of that fact. Like, you know, everything is constantly going through like a round of change. And it's like you could be feeling one way now and then feeling another way like later. So it's like labeling things is always like a weird kind of confusing thing for me to process Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, especially when we have like a framework for that yeah Yeah. what were you gonna say oh i wasn't gonna say anything i'm over here like that's some real shit (laughs) like like i'm over making sure the levels is good i know you are (laughs) also i feel like this is the thing about us is that we always we get super deep and like, I want to take a step back for a second. Yeah, we, we in our philosophical bag right okay. now. But there may be some people listening who are new to the idea of polyamory mm-hmm. and are very new to the idea of ethical non-monogamy. Right. And so I, I think the first question I wanted to ask is, <laughs> so mm. y'all know we have our Instagram community that I like put up stories for. And um, I've continued doing that while we uh, have been planning for season two. But I put up a thing asking people if they knew the definition of ethical non-monogamy. Because those are words we kind of know what they mean. But do we actually know what that means? Right. (laughs) And I realized that I have been thinking about ethical non-monogamy for like six years, but I've never looked up the definition. Mm. I've never looked it up. And like, I don't even know if I really had a full definition. I was just like, I, I know what that is. Right. So my first question is, do, y- do y'all know, have you looked up the definition? Did you do some research? Like what has been your process of defining what ethical non-monogamy I'm is? I'm going to let answer this question first. Because I feel like <laughs> when we first like, got into like exploring this Mm -hmm. I feel like I did I was like doing heavy research reading the articles you know how to how to set boundaries how to not hurt each other you know how to do it in a way where it is smooth sailing because I seen okay this can be messy and I think a lot of people don't think about that if you don't actually come at this with some awareness and some respect for other people and their feelings it's going to get messy, yeah. you know? And so, yeah. Tagline I, for this episode. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. It can get messy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's what I think people forget. They think, okay, I'm just going to be able to fuck who I want and do, which, okay, if that's, you can do that, but do it in a way where you are not hurting other people and you're being honest and you are maneuvering through with the most care possible. 
you know, and that's what people forget. So I don't remember the actual technical definition, but I remember understanding that being an ethical non-monogamous person is somebody who is open to connecting with multiple people, but in a way that doesn't cause harm to people, in a way that is respectful, in a way that is like radical honesty. Like you have to communicate with all your partners. I remember like the first article I read was like, make sure you are communicating. You're letting people know, you know, <laughs> if you have a system where somebody is your primary, you know, and you're looking just to, you know, have sex. Are you looking to actually build a relationship? Be transparent about that. You know, and that's what I was like, whew, okay, that's okay. I love it. I love it. And so you that's was why I'm your naughty librarian. <laughs> I was. I was like, I like that. Cause I, for some reason I thought that people wanted to be open just to like fuck and it was mm -hmm. like excuse my language and you know they just Girl, wanted to excuse no language okay, I was about to say do you right. know what podcast we right. are <laughs> my pussy sounds are in the theme song bitch you don't think you can say the word fuck no you know I have to be good you know I'm an engineer so I have to be professional and no, I'm just no, kidding no, no. <laughs> yes I thought like that's why people did it it was like swingers I really didn't have a full understanding of it you know until I finally did and I was like no there is a way for you to date multiple people without lying because that's unfortunately kind of my past, right? Mm -hmm. I was like lying and I was cheating and I was just doing stuff that was not okay mm -hmm. to other human beings, yeah. you know? And so I didn't know that this was a thing that I can actually mm -hmm. learn about and talk about, <laughs> you know, and I didn't have to hurt people, yeah. you know? I always was a person who liked to date multiple people, yeah. but back then I didn't do it in a way that was ethical. I didn't do it in a way that was caring for people you know so I think once I really found out what that was it was like okay there's a way to do this non-ethical monogamy exactly is that non <laughs> no that's what cheating is exactly. yeah. non-ethical non-monogamy exactly there's a, there's a lot of y'all who are not <laughs> who are non-monogamous you just unethical okay, okay? period <laughs> that's why we doing this because yeah. you can even be polyamorous and not ethical about right, it right okay right. And I, I do you mind if I share real quick before? Because I want yeah. you to answer the question too. I know you have a word as well because that was a word, but I just wanted to say, yeah, I think, no, 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 please. I, I feel like, um, for me that like I think there's a difference between trying polyamory and being polyamorous. Mm -hmm. I believe that I'm a polyamorous person because I have never practiced monogamy in every relationship. There's always been some form of, of yes, in, yes. Yeah. And like, I, but the issue is that compulsory monogamy is such a thing. And um, we're always taught exclusivity. We're taught possessive yeah. possessiveness. We're taught jealousy that, I felt like um, I was such a bad person because I could never just be with one person and be satisfied. And then once I found polyamory and once I found not even polyamory, but just the definition and that there were people who existed who also could be with other people and it could be ethical. I was like, oh, shit, that changed my life because I I was like, I can finally be myself and and not worry about appropriateness of connections but really focus on how my energy is pulled towards people mm -hmm. i finally felt 
good in relationships. Yeah. And I had never, ever been, I always preferred to be single because mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't have to answer to anyone. Right. But I think finding ethical non-monogamy showed me that I could, or having the language around it showed me that I could um, not hurt people and still be my full self. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I feel that. Um, the question was, uh, did you, when you got into polyamory, did you feel like you had a definition? Did your research like, I definitely did a little bit of like my own research on what it means to be ethically non-monogamous. Um, but you know, I kind of just picked up like pretty much it's like exactly what Rihanna said. Um, just like, you know, moving in a way that is like, beneficial for the both of you guys um meaning like you know being genuine being kind um being understanding and you know no matter what type of relationship you have I feel like that should just be the standards which is where the word ethical comes from so um that's pretty much like my understanding of it but I can't wait to hear what your version of it is <laughs> well I want to say too that um you brought up the idea of like when you're ethically non-monogamous like it extends to all kinds of relationships because it's not just about it's not just about your romantic connections or the people you're like interested in but like when you're being when you're just practicing ethical non-monogamy it's really a framework for treating people like good mm-hmm. and like in a way that feels right to you yeah. and write to them. So I, mean, I feel my mom has always taught us treat people the way you want to be treated. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And and also I think, you know, the place we're in in our gener well, in our like society right now, mm-hmm. too, I feel like it's treat people the way you want to be treated and also how they want to be treated. Right. Cause it's not always the same. And I think we're recognizing that more. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, it's really hard to be ethically non-monogamous and treat other people like shit. It's just such a framework for life Mm -hmm. and interacting with people. Absolutely. You know, that's crazy. I never even thought about that. Like when I'm in my poly bag and things are good, like I approach people in the grocery store differently. Yes. Because I'm feeling good i feel a sense of belonging Mm -hmm. community safety security Mm -hmm. and i feel like i'm able to just show up in the world in a more like open and free way exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah. for sure that's beautiful i didn't even think about that yeah um so i had to look up the definition Mm -hmm. once i realized that i didn't know it because you know I just had to. Right. Um, and Virgo shit. Right. Always. <laughs> um, and I, so what I found out is that ethical non-monogamy is not even, it's not even just like a word. It's like an entire framework. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole theory that someone went to school to learn about that then developed like rules, principles and all that kind of stuff around. And wait, have you guys done your human design no, I haven't, but I heard I seen okay, it on TikTok. Heard oh, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it? human design is like it's like almost like a personality test, like a Myers Briggs, okay. but like 
talks about your chakras and like Mm -hmm. your sort of like purpose in life Mm -hmm. and mine is to be a projector and projectors are really into frameworks Mm. so like (laughs) it makes sense that i would like be into this ethical non-monogamy thing because it is a framework it's not just a word and there's principles rules and ideas around it but the the sort of like umbrella definition is that um ethical non-monogamy is about having um managing multiple relationships with like many different people whether they're romantic platonic sexual etc um and doing all parts of the process of connecting with those people in a way that is um demonstrating care communication and consent i love that mm. yeah that's a big word the yeah. three c's mm-hmm. care communication and consent and so i think i don't even know if we recorded this part but we were talking about like what it would look like to be unethically non-monogamous mm-hmm. and it would look like cheating yeah or it would look like someone who is outwardly saying that they're ethically non-monogamous or you know whatever label under that umbrella but still having practices that make people feel bad or Mm. that cause people harm i think you brought up the word harm yeah and um and that harm could be through manipulation coercion dishonesty omission um and not even outwardly lying or Mm -hmm. being abusive but just causing someone harm and i think that that's also really important especially going back to treating people how you want to be treated Mm -hmm. but also how they want to be treated because you may not recognize that your actions are causing someone harm Mm -hmm. but if they tell you that you are then if you don't listen like you're being unethically non-monogamous because they are experiencing harm and and i think that's so powerful because it centers like empathy and compassion and um yeah i it it blew my mind like i feel i feel like uh maybe you guys uh might not have come across that specific research but i feel like when i read that in my experience mm-hmm. i was like yeah i feel right. all of that because yeah. i've experienced right both sides of the coin in exactly. that regard and hearing your what you read in your version of well not your version but your research version of what it is is definitely hitting a little bit different because it's like i feel like more relatable you know yeah and how i respond to our style of being in a relationship yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh, that brought up a question because that's mm. one of my questions. Oh shit! Before we move on to the next question, we recently launched our Patreon, um, and we would love for you to join us, where you can get more uh, behind-the-scenes content, stuff that didn't make it into the show, um, really funny, hilarious, light-hearted conversations, and conversations that also go. Um, really deep into some of the topics that uh, 
we just didn't have time to put in. Um, if you would like to join us on Patreon, please look at our show notes where you can find the link there. Um, and if you learned something from this episode, think of Patreon as a tip jar where you can continue um, to support us. And we appreciate you in advance. What? Okay, so what is your style? Should I, and I can give context first or last. Okay. Ooh, give context first. First, first. okay. I'm not okay. with that. So for me, when I first became non-monogamous, I wanted, to, I knew that I wanted to be polyamorous. Um, because I felt like I could love multiple people. That was like the thing that I stuck to. I could love multiple people. I have multiple friends. Why can't I have multiple lovers? I'm just saying. Um, but I think uh, then when I started practicing it, I was like, maybe I just want to be open. Maybe I just want to have sex with people. And maybe I'm just wanting to experiment with sexuality and um sexual preference because i had mostly been well i think when i was younger i had both i was with people who were both men and women and as i got older um i started dating men i don't even want to get into that let's just skip right over that cringe no. <laughs> but then but then when i got um married i realized i still had desires for women and i was like ooey and then i realized i had desires for men who like were feminine and mm-hmm. women who were masculine and people who had no gender and or who identified as non-binary or you know just I I just found that my I I wanted I just wanted to be with everyone. I'm trying to find a nice <laughs> way to say it, but that's just me. I just want to be with everybody. Yeah, I just wanted find, to explore. I, exactly. Well not explore, but also I think that I think that I am really just a lover at my core. Mm-hmm. And I could find something beautiful about everyone. I could be attracted to anybody. Yeah. Like if I find what is special and captivating about you, mm-hmm. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. You know? And that and so um Again, it was one of those things where I didn't have the language for it. Mm-hmm. And then when I did, I felt I I was in the pro I my husband and I were engaged, you know, and right. I knew that I wanted to be with him forever. And it was like, how do we talk about this? Yeah. yeah. You know? So I think um then we decided to be open. And then when I actually started having relationships with people. Then it was crazy. I was like, wow, the connections were insane. Yeah. Or the healing work was insane. Oh, everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, I think now we've gone through a bunch of transitions of figuring it out. And I will also say, I didn't mention this because it's not all magic and rainbows around here. Like there was also infidelity. There yeah. was a very unethical non-monogamy on both parts Mm -hmm. where um we betrayed each other and um cheated on one another and that was really painful but when we decided to be together it was like how do we be together in a way that 
we can still continue exploring exactly. and not hurt each other. And this was like a way. Mm-hmm. So now I would say we've settled on being monogamish, which mm-hmm. means that I'm not actively seeking connections. I'm not on Tinder. Okay. You mm-hmm. might be able to slide into my DMs on Instagram, but I'm not looking. <laughs> <laughs> but if we connect, like we could figure it out. Right, right. right. That's where I'm at. Yeah. But um what was that journey like for you guys? <laughs> Do you want to start? <laughs> okay, you ahead, um I would say oh excuse me, sorry, it's probably a lot of noise in the background. <laughs> um so I would say pretty much um it definitely has been a journey um learning about like how we want to create our relationship with each other and um there's been like some ups and downs but like ultimately it's led me to more um like self-exploration you know and figuring out who I am more so like outside of just Rihanna you know and so I think that that has been like a beautiful connection that I've made with myself and that's where I find like the most um like happiness and this choice that we've made together is like being able to to figure out who I am you know like the things that I like to do the things that I you know enjoy and yeah I think that throughout this journey it's it's been like we've just been exploring all types of different ideas with each other and I think that our communication has like grown extremely like an extreme amount like just from us doing this also. So um yeah, that's nice. how I feel. How you feel? I love that. <laughs> I totally agree with everything for sure. I think a big part of why I even wanted to explore this was for the aspect of like me being able to see myself in the people that I attract and that journey of getting mm. to know myself <laughs> and being recognizing the type of energy I'm attracting. And I wanted to do that in a way where I didn't limit it and I wanted to have fluidity within that, right? And so when I went to talk to her about it, that's what it was like, you know? Like, let's explore this, you know? And of course, it's not going to be all rainbows and lollipops. Of mm-hmm. course, it hasn't been. It's mostly I, not rainbows and lollipops, mostly. actually. Yeah, I don't it's want y'all to get it twisted. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. Def- it's definitely it's a work. lot of, yeah, it's a yeah. lot of communication. It's Absolutely. a lot of uncomfortable conversations, but necessary ones. Yeah. Like, we can be very very honest with each other and we don't feel like we have to sugarcoat or or make things seem a certain way I think it has set a tone for our relationship that allows for us to just have open communication and that's what I love most about it and I totally agree with you as far as considering yourself monogamish because that's what I would say how we move you know like of course, we're we're open to connections, but right now I feel like we're just flowing. We're not like actively, like we're never actively like really looking for someone. I think it's just been about if we do meet someone and there's a connection that I'm I'm in a safe place to come back home and be like, you know, babe, hey, I met so-and-so today and it was really mm-hmm. nice. And yeah, and to talk to her about that, you know, and I just think that's really beautiful. And so I think our, I don't know if we even would call it like a framework. I think we're just like flowing yeah. and being real yeah. and making sure that we center our love for each other. And mm-hmm. it's not about a ownership or it's not about your mine, I'm yours. Yeah. You know, like 
those words may be a little different in the bedroom because you already know it's mine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I'm not I kidding. Do. But but it's about <laughs> it's, it's about it's about centering that love we have for each other and yeah. knowing that I'm making that active choice. You're making that active choice to mm-hmm. choose me. And, you know, vice versa, you know, and I think that understanding is so beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, and so I think where we've gotten now, it's just like a flow and just a, and just a, just a beautiful level of respect and love. And I feel like yeah. in all relationships, it should be like that, whether it be family, friends, mm-hmm. whatever, it should be at the base of it is love. We've even you know? changed the title of what we like call our relationship and what we are really? because of exactly what she's talking about. It's like, it's very hard to label what we do, like, because it's something that like we've created our own framework. So that's something that we like sit in and like we manage that, you know, so like other people's relationships that might, you know, say, oh, we're poly or oh, we're in an open relationship. Most likely it's not going to match what exactly we do ever ever literally i've never come across another poly couple that's doing the exact same thing ever yeah it's crazy because um doing adult happy hour like on instagram um you know i i talk about poly very often so i've been having a lot of conversation with conversations with people and i've also been um you know, just through these conversations, like learning about other people's setups and um, every single person I talk to does something different um, and people like different things. You know, I have a very close family member who is also polyamorous and um, they're version of polyamory is so different than mine. Um them and their partner want to have a relationship with a third person. Whereas my husband and I are, that's, I'm not into that. Like I just, I want to explore connections outside of our relationship Mm -hmm. and, um, just every, every single setup you could ever imagine. Oh, let me grab this blunt real quick. (laughs) (laughs) It's possible with polyamory. (laughs) It's possible with polyamory. I think it's very ethical to smoke this blunt right now. Right. And it's possible with polyamory. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) But it does take a lot of communication. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think care, consent, absolutely. But even being able to communicate what you're consenting to. Mm -hmm. And communicating care is can be difficult for people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel that. I feel that. And I think it, because I don't know, sometimes it can be hard for people to be, be open in that way because when people look at, you know, an open relationship, it's kind of judged. So maybe it's that people don't really know how to communicate within the framework, you know. So also it's about giving people grace, right? When it comes to that also. I feel like polygamy has become almost like um, what's quote unquote in right now. And I think that sometimes people kind of take that as like their go to just start like doing whatever they want. Like, you know, with their partner or outside of their relationship. So, yeah. 
Well, and everything you even see on the media, too, to build off that is, like, sister wives. <laughs> and you're like, but I don't want a sister wife. Right. And I think we were talking about the word polygamy it. and, like, polyamory and yeah. how they're two totally different things totally and people kind of confuse the, the two. two. Yeah. People also confuse um, open relationships with polyamory. Yeah. You know, like open relationships, are we fucking or <laughs> are we like if you're having a full on relationship, that's more polyamorous, you know. But the other thing I've noticed, too, and we talked about this before as well, is that um, when sex is involved, sometimes people think you don't have to show the same level of care. Because if you're just having sex, then you're just having sex. It's no feelings involved. And I saw uh, this quote that I love that says, um, nothing is without spirit. And, like, we literally can't do anything without being involved. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, the fact that we're fucking, like, my spirit is here. My soul is here. And even if we just, if you just sticking it in doggy style and you know, fucking me till I (laughs) (laughs) grabbing the blunt again. Um, but, um, yeah, just whatever I was saying. Some nasty shit. Um, even if if you just stick in the dick in front of bed, right. And I can't walk the next day or maybe I squirt or, or whatever the case may be. If it's just that between us, it's still, it still deserves care. Yeah, it still deserves care. Yeah. You do not care about me as a human being. I'm sorry, but at this point, you're a bad person. Yeah, because if right. you don't care about other people, then you know what? Then you're not doing what you were put on this earth to do. Because exactly. that nine to five you have, that motherfucking car you drive, that apartment you live in, all that shit is human constructed. That's right. And the only thing we were put on this earth to do is to be. And to belong to each other. Mm-hmm. And if you don't give a fuck about that, I don't want to fuck with you. Yeah. Right, right. And that's why it's so important before you try to explore something like dating multiple people to make sure your foundation that you just live on is at a place that you at least can be kind to people and you have empathy for people and you are the type of person to to think about how your actions affect people. You know, I think that's so important. And I think that will even help it be easier if you're trying to go into something like this, you know, and to explore this is to make sure that you are just already a caring person. And you'd be like, I'm not just going in this for some like malicious intent or, Mm -hmm. you know, for a kink or which, okay, in a way you could do that in a safe way. You can. You can still care and have kinks. Exactly. Doing it in a way where all you're doing it for is for self and like to just satisfy yourself. You have to realize connections with other people is a give and a take, you know, it should be a flow to it, you know? And so I don't know if people always realize that they're just like, oh, I could just go fuck her, fuck him, do that. And I don't have to worry about 
them at an actual human level. Yeah. Just a little bit. I'm not saying like, you know, good morning text every day and all that, yeah. but just on a human level. Don't you text know? me every day. I'm a Right, crazy. right, right. But if you see me out, like, you yeah. know, it's just about that respect. Right. Yes. When you and, think of me, just let me know. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I was going to right. <laughs> I was going to say that um, something you're bringing up that I think is uh, really powerful is uh, the the word that comes to my mind is ego. Yes. A- yeah. And like if you come into poly, I mean, not if you, but a lot of us do come into polyamory yeah, with our without ego. Even trying. <laughs> yeah. It's just like we think we we've mm-hmm. been having relationships. We think we know things, and then this just is like it teaches you new levels of heartbreak. It teaches you new levels of patience and empathy Mm -hmm. and um i think for me it's broken down my ego enough for me to really think about the way that i want to treat other people and um to see my actions reflected back to me to see to see people that i really love and care about like grapple with how to do this and like show up for each other mm-hmm. even if we don't plan on being together but even just like we're deciding to end things and we mm-hmm. just want to treat each other with love and integrity because we learn something from each other mm-hmm. like it even kind of like teaches you how to show up for yourself too yeah like, you know oh my god because yeah. it's like you almost start to realize like damn look at this these things that i like haven't dealt with yet like, yeah. look at these things that, like, now I get the chance to really, like, keen in and focus on it. And I'm not saying that you should get into these types of relationships just to push yourself to do those things. Like, yeah. you know, obviously we wish that, you know, life would lead us into a way that we can just automatically, like, understand ourselves. But, like, you get put into these certain situations in your life and, like, they lead you into a way of, like, self, self-work. self Self-love, self-reflection, right? So I think I've talked about it before, but that really plays a big part in, like, the joy that I get from being in this type of relationship. And then Rihanna also gives me, like, the space to do that, too. Like, you know, she's very understanding of, like, the ego death that I Mm -hmm. have to deal with while being in this. And same for her, too. There are things that she has to deal with that's like, damn, like, you know, I have to kind of check that, you know? Yeah. yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but when, like, specifically what you're talking about is those moments when maybe your partner brings you an idea or a person that you're like... You know, some mm-hmm. just in your in your body is just like, oh, Lord, or yes. it's like, I don't like it or it doesn't feel right. And right. it's like, you have to, even though you're wanting to say no, your body screaming no, your heart screaming no, yes. you have to love them enough to say, like, I trust you to make a decision that's good for you mm-hmm. and to be caring enough about me to consider that too yeah and love too man yeah love plays such a major part in all of this like because to be honest like if i didn't understand how much i love rihanna like this would not be possible like i love her so much that i understand that she is her own person and that she is deserving of experiencing her life in the way that leads her 
like in you know her own independence and so like that is something that by me having that understanding I realized that's how much I love myself mm-hmm. and that I am also deserving of taking that chance on what life on what life can bring me and so that's like my main focus and how I move with her so that's pretty much like my understanding of like what we have in our relationship I love you so much and honestly that's why I'm so grateful for you because having that understanding of how we're navigating is so important and it is such like so appreciated you know because I feel like a lot of people have a hard time kind of coming to an understanding Mm -hmm. of their relationship dynamic and it's beautiful when you can have that dialogue with your person right Mm -hmm. and it just flows you know even with the bumps, right? Yeah. yeah. There's a few bumps in a flow. Right. It's growth every even day. Even when you flow, you, there's still bumps with the mm-hmm. flow. Absolutely. That's part of being in the flow is yes. knowing how to ride the bump, too. Right. Exactly. Water yeah. don't stay still. Right. Exactly. Oh, girl, that's a word and a half. They don't. And I think a lot of people who try polyamory and maybe they're experimenting and think it doesn't work for them, it is because they encountered a bump that they couldn't figure out a way over. Mm-hmm. And I think some people just learn that monogamy is for them right. and that's great for them. But I do think I've come across other people that have been regretful of not continuing or realizing that they're still having those desires mm-hmm. and realizing that maybe it wasn't the right time, the right person or, um, they couldn't communicate effectively at that time. And I think even in my relationship, we went through that where it was Mm -hmm. like we opened it and then it was like, ooh, 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 (laughs) and we were like, do this. Right. 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 (laughs) Clink, clink, lock that shit back up. (laughs) And and then that's when like the infidelity came in because Mm -hmm. we had already opened the door and acknowledged that the desires were there but we weren't necessarily yet ready to communicate with each other mm-hmm. about that. And I'm going to read some listener <laughs> responses later, but whenever I hear about poly shit gone wrong, more times than not, it's about some people not being on the same page about what's happening and not knowing how to communicate through it. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Well, so I guess I want to ask you guys that follow up question because I shared I didn't say specifically, but, you know, (laughs) my bumps in the road. But like, um, can you think of a specific like bump in the road or a specific lesson that you learned through a bump in the road that has sort of like informed your how you conceptualize your um, ethical non monogamous relationship? Yeah. Mm, yeah, I definitely when I think about that, I think of when we first started, mm. you know, on our journey mm-hmm. and like. Like we didn't set clear enough boundaries in the beginning. Right. So unfortunately, that kind of leaves room for some like miscommunications. Right. And things happening that weren't all the way talked about. And so I think when we first started on our journey, you know, things moved a little bit fast, you know, and it made us have to slow down mm-hmm. and discuss what makes us comfortable moving through this, you know? What is going to make us still, at the end of the day, feel like I am 
safe in this relationship. You yeah, know, and I love that. Feeling like your you emotions, that, yeah, yeah, and feeling like your mm-hmm. emotions and how you feel is heard. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think when we hit that first bump in the road, you know, when things kind of accelerated a bit quick quicker than you know than Timbriel thought. You know, that's when we really had to like sit down and ground ourselves back into, okay, how are we moving through this? Let me hear you. You hear me. And it was mm-hmm. a conversation, you know, and it wasn't just like an overnight conversation. It definitely it was like a it was like a month where we were yeah. having these conversations and talking to each other when feelings would come up. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I think the communication and the understanding is what helped get through that bump in the road. You know, that had to be there for mm-hmm. it to go smooth, you know. Yeah, yeah, I feel like the same way. Definitely. Um, ultimately, like what Rihanna just said is definitely very true. Like you kind of have to take this moment as like a lesson in understanding your boundaries, because guess what? Sometimes we don't know what the fuck our boundaries are. And I feel like through life, you're constantly creating and um, rebuilding what your boundaries are for yourself and what you expect the people in your lives to follow also. And um, I think that this was a perfect moment for us to not take like a loss, like, oh, this is like, you know, fucked up, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But no, this is more so just like a lesson for us to learn each other more. And to um, honestly, for me, um, as I break away a little bit, it helped me understand um, how much she loves me and how much she was like willing to make this shit work. Like to the point where like we were, we'll stop this shit for each other, period type thing, but also understanding still what we truly wanted from the situation. And so it was just like, it was very comforting under like her letting me know and like giving me that reassurance that, you know, like I, I want to respect you. I love you. So let's figure out how we can get through what we are going through. Important, right? Because once a person states their boundaries and it may be different than yours, having that level of care for them Mm -hmm. to actually listen to them and be like, I hear you, you know, let's talk about this. It's needed, you know, so it won't be a fight. Like, well, that's not how I think, or that's not how I think things should flow. It's like, you know what? I know this was uncomfortable, you know, in the future, how could we better maneuver through this so that we're feeling like we're good, right? Because yeah. we be chilling and we want to keep that vibe, right? Yeah. That's the that's the foundation. We be chilling. So if anything comes and like shakes that up, let's talk about that and talk about how we can get back yeah. to where we usually are. That makes me think of something I've realized from having Polly's <laughs> friends is um, <laughs> just how we said not every relationship is the same. Like, you and your partner's speed are rarely ever the same thing. I don't think I've ever met a couple who wanted to move at the same speed. That's so <laughs> And like that shit is uncomfortable because sometimes your partner has to tell you something that you know it's making them sad to tell you and or it's you know it's making them feel uncomfortable but they're they've worked up the like courage the courage yeah. the vulnerability to share something with you and trusting you and you know that it's gonna hurt mm-hmm. maybe just a little bit even in the moment and and even though you know it doesn't make it easier to hear them say it out loud yeah and like 
those are the moments when like you realize that you and your partner maybe are not on the same page and you can either be heartbroken by it or you can see it as an opportunity to grow and realize that you and your partner are not the same person. You're not an entity and that's them growing and learning and that's really beautiful and that you can stomach a little of your own discomfort in your ego to to allow that space for them yeah and i think that is a lesson in love that um i wouldn't i wouldn't have learned unless we had our really difficult times of resetting boundaries yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it's so important yeah yeah absolutely because i also think too i've seen at least with so I was, I had a a partner. Re- oh, I want to know that this is a good question too, actually. Okay. Okay. So um, do you guys find yourselves dating people who are also non-monogamous or do you find yourself dating people who are single and curious? Mm, that's a My question. experience has for surely been um, single and curious for sure. I don't know what it is, but they just be curious. And so I'm curious too. <laughs> you sound real curious. <laughs> if I can say so myself. You know. <laughs> anyway, Rihanna, as as we were saying. Um... No, but for me, I feel like I have dated people who have been poly and identified as, you know, ethically non-monogamous. And I've also dated people who have been like single and then open to it, you know, once I let them know, because that is what I let people know. You know, if they ask if I'm like single in a relationship, you know, I'm very honest about the fact that I have a partner, you know, and that I'm just going with the flow. You know, I'm a no pressure type of person. So it's not like, what's up? You're about to be my boo. And I also have a girlfriend. And, that you know, it's never on that type of energy, you know. So sometimes it just organically kind of comes up and people are like, oh, I've never done it. But, you know, I'm open to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I meet those people too, but they're all fucking single. <laughs> so, Literally. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like I, I agree with you. Yes. I mean, I, of all of my partners, because um, there's so many, oh my God. <laughs> Just kidding. Of the people I've been interested in, um, the young, gentle people. Um, <laughs> only one of them was also Polly, mm. and it's crazy because, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so he became Polly, right? And we started talking, and I'm just thinking that we're like fuck buddies, and um, then you know, feelings happen sometimes. <laughs> you can't control them, um, and there were feelings that happened. And then through the course of us having then a year and a and some change month relationship, um, I come to learn that he was actually monogamous with his partner. And he he because of him and I were friends, he knew that I was poly and he became poly so that he could pursue a relationship like with me. And um I didn't know this till closer to the end of the relationship 
And um, I don't know. I just, I felt like that was something I needed to know mm-hmm. because I would have handled the situation differently. Mm-hmm. Like I went in with the understanding that both of us were poly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. so I've had, I've had, I've had some situations. I think another thing I'm realizing is um, just because people are say that they are ethically non-monogamous doesn't mean that their practices are ethical. <laughs> exactly. That just, just fucks it up. It just fucks it up for the people who are actually genuine, and yeah. it's not about you know like the ego. You know, yeah, just like to don't be authentic. Get, exactly, and don't get me wrong. Like I feel like ego. You have to be aware of it, right? We all do have an ego, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it's about being aware of how your ego is actually controlling what you're doing and what you're putting out, you know? And I don't think people take the time to realize that before they're going into something like this, which is a very intimate, vulnerable process. And I think that's the beauty of it. And I think that I think that is what attracts me to it, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that it is such an intimate beautiful type of journey to be on with other humans you know and have such a like my favorite word is just the fluidity of it all you know I think that's beautiful and I think people forget that 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 is a big part of it the the human to human you know yeah yeah can I say real quick to because oh I was gonna say um let me just add to that you know the relationship wasn't all bad and um I think that even though those are some of my reflections, like in hindsight, um, I think this relationship also taught me a lot about love. It taught me a lot about how I want to be treated by someone. Um, You know, it just felt good to be in presence with this person. And it was nice to know that I could feel that. And so um, it just reinforced for me that connection is really important to me. Um, and that the relationships that I want to continue to seek, I feel a strong connection. Otherwise, why are we doing this? Oh, right. Yeah. Um, I'm there. Like, you might be sexy, but why are we doing this? Right. Um, and I, I really appreciate, I will always love him for that. And, um, you know, I think that's another thing that polyamory teaches you is that, you can be trash and you can also be a person I love at the same time. And it's nuance. There's nuance to the shit when the shit gets, everybody gets messy Okay. and it doesn't mean that they're not deserving of love. Like mm-hmm. I, I could not speak to him again and it would actually make me sad, but you know, my life would go on, but like I will always have a kind word to say about him. Mm-hmm. Ooey. Um, okay, so I wanted to uh end the podcast with my favorite segment, Pillow Talk with Lit. Um, and so I have these listener questions that mm-hmm. were sent in to me from uh L Internet. Oh and gosh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had some people talking about some things. And so basically, first I wanted to just share that I put a poll in my story. 
And I don't know why my baby girl went to like Valley Girl, but I think that's just like the West Coast coming out. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So I put a I put a p- few poll questions in my story, and I want to just read some of the results to you. Okay. Okay. So first, I said um, ethical non-monogamy. Like, have you tried it or not? And thirty-four percent of people said they tried it, mm-hmm. and some people and sixty-six percent of people said. They- <laughs> <laughs> I'm so shady. I was like, and some people like I have the numbers right here. Wow, I'm really shady. Um, 66 percent of people said they never tried it, and the shade is just you know, open the world, honey. Try some new things. See what you like. I'm just saying. Right. Um, thought. <laughs> That's super interesting, especially when you think about how being ethically non-monogamous is kind of like, I don't want to say popular, but I feel like it's more out now and people are really like doing it because they think everybody's doing it. So that's actually interesting. But also is casual dating not ethically non-monogamous because what are y'all doing? Right, right, right. Are we not being... Ethical, ethical in exactly. our casual dating. Let's talk about that, y'all. Right. And a lot of that happens. It is hella unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. They're not ethical monogamous because they're unethical monogamous. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> is what I'm saying. So, yeah. like, yeah, I found that to be interesting too, because I'm like, I thought casual dating was like a norm, but right, okay. Right. Anyway, next. Um <laughs> no shade but shade. Um, ethical non-monogamy, like do you want to try it or is it not for you? Um, 55% of people said they want to try it. And um, 45% of people said they know it's not for them. Yeah, I think that's super interesting, you know, and I hope that the people who don't want to try it, you know, have, you know, don't knock until you try it, you know. I want to punch people in the face. Honestly, I, but I feel like I'm finishing your sentences. And can I just say, I want to punch people in the face who do that shit because the other day I commented on this um, post and I was talking about how me and my husband are polyamorous and some girl was like, um, what's your sign? And I said, Virgo. And she was like, I don't know what kind of Virgo you are. And I was like, bitch, I'm the okay. fucking lit kind of Virgo. How about that? Right. I'm the kind of roast you because I don't know you type Period. of Virgo, Period. bitch. Try again. Come for me and my husband, but in any case, I was just like, (laughs) I was so got real hood of us. I got hella mad. I got hella mad. First of all, people need to know. Okay, I am. Anyway, um, that's what kind of Virgo I am. How about that? Secondly, um, I'm not ashamed of my lifestyle, Miss. There's nothing to be ashamed of. you whatever i'm not even gonna talk about her irritated all over again right that's i was about to show kind of virgo i am right cut the mic right i'm just gonna say that what works for me works for me and um i don't need your judgment or opinion over here just because you you are buying into an idea and hope it works for you fingers crossed good luck right yeah, so, you know, but I will say, 
I do respect when people know that monogamy is for them. And I do think I have friends who have never been polyamorous and they know that it's not for them, but they've done the reflective work Mm -hmm. and the self-awareness work to think through it and to fantasize about what's possible and to say like, for me and what's possible in the future is that I really desire to be with one person and one person. Yeah. And that's what I see for myself. And I respect that. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So I think, yeah, this is the last question I asked. Um, Of the four like most popular, like type of ethically non-monogamous relationships, which were they most interested in? And um, because, you know, ethical non-monogamy is like an umbrella term. And under that term, you have like swinging threesomes. You have polyamory, polygamy, polyfidelity, open, casually dating, friends with benefits, fuck buddies. You just have all these different sister wives. You got, uh, you know, just all of the things. Um, Polyanarchy. Brother husbands. Right. Okay. (laughs) I would. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Um, But uh, polyanarchy too, which I just learned, which Mm -hmm. is maybe me. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But the four most popular are open relationships. So, um, just sex and no long-term commitments and then poly relationships which means like you know intimate sexual connections and then poly fidelity which means you and your partner have another person come into the relationship and poly anarchy which is like no rules like I don't belong to anyone um, but there's still consent mm-hmm. <laughs> and um the the results were shocking so um the so polyanarchy was 15% polyfidelity 16% polyamory 18% and open relationships just sex 51% wow ooh people trying to run from their feelings no i'm just kidding no, no you right no. <laughs> Not because that was me too, Because right, right. I feel like you can. I feel like you can just have sex with someone, and it you still have like an emotional understanding, right? Why right, do I want you right, inside of me if I don't right, like you at right, all? Right, if I don't see anything about you that is redeeming or captivating or attractive, exactly. Right, right. You're just a body, right? Like that's that it. sounds boring. Yeah, yeah, that sounds boring. So hopefully, people are thinking about that when they want to be open. That they're not just going to be able to just. Fuck everything that moves. It's honestly not about that. And I'm like a huge promoter about like being in open poly relationships. Like it is not just about sex. Like, and I just need people to really understand that. Like there are people who are asexual in poly relationships. So it's, you know, it's, Mm, it's colorful. Like, you know, definitely for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I again, come back to what I talked about earlier and it's just like, the idea of caring about people's feelings. And I worry that when people say they just want sex, they mean that they want all the good parts of something and none of the difficult mm-hmm. or right. challenging or um, uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. And they want a way to sort of absolve themselves of being accountable to another person. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, 
even when you're just even when you're just having sex, you have feelings. Because yeah. yo, if you're not Especially making me come, I'm gonna it, be right. mad. Right. right. But if you don't make me come, I'm gonna be mad. And we need to have a conversation about that. Mm-hmm. We need to have a conversation about safety. I need to have some type of understanding of how you move and what you're doing with other people, and know that I could trust you that you're being safe with your body, exactly. so you could be safe with my body. Yes. Yes. It's. So even with sex, there's care. Mm -hmm. And then for me, I've only had sex with one of my other partners. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Long-term partners. (laughs) You know, I might have had a little... Girl, I know what you mean. Yeah, I might have had a little one-night stand. You know, I might have had a cute little (laughs) one-time thing. Um, (laughs) But even then, there was care. And we laughed and we joked and we had fun and we set boundaries. Mm -hmm. And one of the boundaries was that we were not going to talk to each other again. And you know what? I never think about calling. I had the best night of my my life and I never think about calling him because I know that the night was awesome and it was everything it needed to be. And it was a boundary that that's what it was. Exactly. And I love him for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um. So I wanted to read to you some situations that uh, appeared in my direct messages. And um, I'm going to start with... Okay, so when I put the question sticker up, people responded. And someone responded. And this is a person, a woman who's been dating men. um, And (laughs) they... Are maybe interested in ethical non-monogamy, but they said, um, I think men are scared to consensually give women power. Um, This man that I'm talking to is an older man, and I spoke to him about dating dynamics since he said we were just hanging out. I told him many men like to just hang out when really they are consciously creating a pool of women they can access. Spending quality time building friendships and intimate relationships. The women in these scenarios are under the impression they are taking things slow and going with the flow. Like the man has said, they wanted to. But the man is the only one who knows the extent of the relationship and therefore it is not consensual. Men, I believe, do this to maintain control and power whilst it creates much anxiety for women and restricts her from the consensual exchange of being able to choose whether or not she wants to engage with a man who has no intent to provide the kind of connection <clears throat> she's looking for. Hmm. Okay. Listen, no, Wasn't that stop. just a whole entire... Wow. Yeah. Yeah. When I read this, I was like... I just, first of all, I didn't even dip my toe into the pool of the questions. I was just like, let's just go for this yeah. because I want to, I want it to be, I want this to be raw as fuck. And mm. like, this is some shit. She just put into words something I feel like a lot of us feel in dating, not even just men, just like in with dating. Mm-hmm. But I think, I do think there's power dynamics involved when it, when you're talking about men and women. But I think, um, or just men and anyone, because like men have a lot of power in the world, or like perceived power. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, but uh, yeah, I w- when I read this, I was just like, ooh, I feel the hurt of this. Mm-hmm. Right, 
Yeah. The next question, or not question, the reflection says, um, I'm trying to navigate in a current situation I'm in, and I think it's really a lot of learning about your emotions and your boundaries parallel to your ideals and worldview. Very heavy and exhausting when you're dealing with people who love the concept and want the freedom, but aren't willing to do the work. So much of this is about radical honesty to me, and it means you're making sure I'm aware at all times and giving me freedom of choice. Like, make sure I know what it is and the decisions you're making that affect me. Even if you assume I may not like it, I don't have to like every truth, but at least give me the option to know so I can make that decision for myself. Mm, yes, that, that is so real. That is that. so, so real. Yeah. Yeah. That was real as fuck. And radical honesty is so important. I think in in this type of relationship, you have to be transparent. You know, and I think it's respectful to everybody involved and respectful to yourself to give yourself that space to do that with another person. I think it's really Mm -hmm. important. And that steps into like the concept that we've been bringing up throughout the whole show is like understanding that any relationship that you are in like deserves that honesty. Like it deserves Mm -hmm. like 100 percent realness. You know, don't sugarcoat shit with me. Be real. You know. Be conscious. That's all I ask. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Last question. Um, Says, I've seriously, or again, not a question, a reflection, y'all. I mean, same difference. Okay, right. It's an inquiry. (laughs) You know? It's an inquiry. Um, (laughs) It says, I've seriously thought, I've seriously thought about having a poly partner. If I could be half of the main relationship. Like, I don't need or care to date multiple people, but I know polyamory is more of a thing now. So if I met someone who I was their number one and they casually dated other people, I might be okay with that. Most of my trust and self-esteem issues come from parental trauma, so it's hard to feel comfortable with a partner wanting someone else without feeling like I'm unworthy in some way. Hence why I like monogamy. But I also know that's a serious personal issue. So I started thinking about having a one-sided poly relationship and what the parameters might be. So my closing question is to respond to that. And um, like, what would you say to someone who's interested in dipping their toe into the waters of uh, ethical non-monogamy and... um, like deciding what their parameters are. Yeah. yeah, I really love how that person is already self-aware of the environment that they're navigating in. When I say environment, I mean like their mind space, right? Mm-hmm. How they're how they're moving through life. I think it's really important to be aware of that, you know, and be aware of any traumas or any triggers that something like this could tap into or bring up, right? I think that is so important. So take your time as you want to ease into something like this, like, don't just, like, rush in. Like, I think it can be exciting, right? Like, when we first started being open, it was exciting. It was new. You know, it was like these experiences were going to start coming in, which is going to happen. But take your time. Be as intentional as possible. And just be, keep 
just be kind, you know, and don't go at it with any ill intention. You know, I just think starting at that, mm -hmm. you will have a beautiful experience and starting off where this person is starting off is a great spot, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that kind of piggybacking off of like what you said in regards to like them already knowing themselves and knowing like the childhood traumas that they've dealt with and the things that they're still trying to process as an adult today is very you know a a great way to start for sure mm -hmm. um I don't think that necessarily being in a poly relationship is going to um, help you all the way while you already know what's going on. I think it's a good time to um, tap into yourself for this moment and just kind of take your time in getting to know yourself. It seems to me that you're already interested in that lifestyle, but like also still curious into learning about who you are and what you've dealt with in your life. So I think spending time on that is definitely um, very important because like at the end of the day, self is most important when navigating relationships in a way that is ethical. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so I think focusing on that could be very helpful in your future. Yeah. And I would love to piggyback off of that because mm -hmm. what you just said, like kind of making sure you're looking at yourself right because mm -hmm. what you what your reality is you're going to mirror that right mm -hmm. so making sure that you are in a good place with you mm -hmm. and that you emotionally are good you know and I feel like that will reflect out into the emotional connections that you make Absolutely. you know yeah I 100% agree and I think um I think this person is already showing a lot of empathy for other people. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess my one caution is just to dig into the why of polyamory. And yeah. and I, I think you should be a little wary of doing it to satisfy someone else's desires. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. like I think, you know, if um, if the practice is for empathy, that's really beautiful. If the practice is for, I can't find someone who wants to just be monogamous, so I'm going to settle for this. I think, you know, you might want to sit with that a little bit longer mm -hmm. um, because, you know, it's Paul, like not ethical non-monogamy does not make things necessarily easier to be in a relationship. It actually requires a lot of over communication and care and work and self-work and acceptance and like you know if if um if the practice is not you know all things have darkness and light mm -hmm. and if the practice is not in your lightness in your in your healed work um there there can be there could be potential harm <laughs> brewing because, you know, when we're living in our darkness, sometimes we can neglect things that we need or we can um, allow things that ultimately don't feel good to us. And um, I would just I would just suggest making sure that um, your reason for doing it is uh, a reason that feels empowering to you yeah. as a person. I love that. Yeah.
That's a great description. I feel like that's a great way to end this episode. We love y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Ree and Bree, for being here. Bye we'll make guys. sure. Wait, we make sure. We, oh, yeah. You say, <laughs> say goodbye in just a second. I was just going to say. We'll make sure that we have a link to where you can find them and all their beautiful creations because you will be blessed. And um, go ahead. Say your goodbyes, my bad. Okay. Bye, guys. <laughs> and we out. Before we go, want to give a few shout outs. First, to our wonderful, dynamic, just illustrious, beautiful producer and sound engineer, Rihanna Simone, um, who is in the studio with us every week producing and making sure we sound good and making sure everything makes sense um if you want to see more of her work there'll be links to her social media in the description for our show um and also our theme song is produced by rihanna natural phenomenon and features poetry by me and the beautiful angelic full voice that sounds like honey timbrielle you can find her social media and links also in our description and you can even find a link to natural phenomenon on spotify if you'd like to hear the whole thing which you do so go give it a listen (laughs) and one thing i love about adult happy hour is we have a wonderful community of listeners and this all started with an instagram post which led to weekly discussions sharing resources learning and so much more I get so excited when y'all see me in public and tell me you've come from something you've heard on the show or when you DM me to tell me you did some kinky shit and I want us to continue having moments like this. If you learned something tonight or if you really just enjoy hearing us giggle, join us on Patreon where you can hear behind the scenes shenanigans hotels and conversations that just get deeper and juicier it also helps us to continue bringing you the content that you love so follow the link in our bio and if you're not already following us on instagram what are you doing jk um you can find me at poetry and tings and we do adult happy hour in my story every single thursday i cannot wait to hear from you and thank you so much for supporting us